The Retro Lounge is a look back into the archives of the Recruiters Lounge podcast with Jim Stroud and Karen Matinen. The Recruiters Lounge podcast posted weekly between the years of 2005 and 2010. With energy, wit, and opposite points of view, <laughs> Jim Stroud and Karen Madden discussed, debated, and squabbled like children over HR issues that affected the workplace and society overall for the benefit of all who would listen. This episode of the Recruiter's Lounge originally aired on April 2nd, 2008, and this was the original title, Recruiting G.I. Joe, and this was the original description. Uh, Jim Stroud chats with Otis Collier, an alternative sourcing manager for Wachovia. What does that mean? It means he dispenses HR justice for U.S. veterans by creating programs that get veterans and their spouses hired by Wachovia. Yo, Joe! (laughs) If you recruit for a company that does not have a plan in place for recruiting veterans, bring this podcast to the attention of the powers that be. You must listen to this one. And you can hear exactly what was said way back when, April 2nd, 2008, right after this special message. Employer brand professionals know that doing great work involves doing big, high-level strategic thinking and getting your hands dirty. That sounds like the kind of work you want to do. Come listen to the Talent Cast. It's the world's most highly caffeinated employer brand podcast. Coming up next in Recruiter's Lounge is Otis Collier, who is not a recruiter with Wachovia. Otis, what exactly do you do there? Well, Jim, um, I'm actually the alternate channel sourcing manager, and the alternate channel sourcing manager focuses on um, several different channels that are different from your normal sourcing channels. Um, We're going to be talking about, I guess, the military on this particular call. But um, unlike a military recruiter, basically I actually set up programs with military vendors. Um, I set up programs with the military themselves. And then once I get the program established, um, I bring in recruiters who then take it from there and actually find military candidates for their specific requisitions. Wow, this is going to be one interesting episode. Coming up next, Otis Collier in the Recruiter's Lounge. The Recruiter's Lounge is a podcast of news, interviews, and commentary on the recruiting industry. And it was designed with you in mind. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your time in the Recruiter's Lounge. SGA, Executive Tracker Pro, is an online service providing contact information on thousands of executives at each of the top public and private companies. And here it is, people. It is 100%, yes, 100% telephone verified, constantly updated, highly accurate, and comprehensive. With SGA Executive Tracker Pro, you have at your fingertips the contact information of C-level executives and all of those essential director and management level personnel that you just can't seem to find anywhere else. Listen up, people. SGA Executive Tracker Pro can dramatically Shorten the amount of time it takes you to find the best leads. Hey, pick up the phone right now and give them a call. Tell them Jim Stroud said, I could have a free 15-minute online demonstration of your product, and I want to see it right now. The number you need to make that happen is 518-843-4611. That's 518-843-4611. And, of course, you can also find them online at www.sgaexecutivetracker.com. 
Affinity Circles is the leading provider of exclusive social networks for established professional organizations seeking to promote career advancement opportunities among their members. Today, preferred employers such as Merrill Lynch, Oracle, and TiVo are using Affinity Circles to source qualified passive candidates from over 140 top-tier organizations like Stanford, Dartmouth, and Golden Key Honor Society. To learn more, visit AffinityCircles.com. That's A-F-F-I-N-I-T-Y Circles.com. And now, on with the show. Gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's another action-packed episode of the Recruiter's Lounge. I'm your host, Jim Stroud, and my trusty co-host, Karen Madden, is not with us today. She's off doing bigger and better things, but fortunately, I am able to share this time with a good friend of mine, Otis Collier, who is a seasoned internet recruiter trainer with hands-on experience and cutting-edge technical skills. Um, but instead of going through his long bio, just go to the site, and you'll see um, his biography there. I'm excited about him being in the chair because not only does he have a lot of good things to say, he's also a good friend of mine. And and um, Otis, uh, well, everybody, Otis Collier, Otis Collier, this is everybody. Hey, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm to myself because, uh, well, you know why. Let me explain to the people who are listening. I was in the barber shop getting um, getting my hair cut and everything and just sort of sitting there relaxing. And I reached over to get a magazine just to sort of pass the time while I'm waiting um, for my turn to come up. And I happened to look down, <laughs> and I saw your face on the cover of this magazine, and I just started laughing. I said, "Look at Otis Collier," and <laughs> tell the people what I'm what I'm talking about. Well, Jim, I am actually on the cover of the April 2008 GI Jobs magazine. And uh, first of all, I'm like, how did that magazine make it in the property? <laughs> <laughs> I guess the next military uh, veterans in there cutting hair, I guess. Yeah, maybe maybe so. Maybe some recruiters or something. But, um, yeah, I'm on the GI Jobs uh, April edition um, cover. It's the first time I've actually – I've been in magazines before, but the first time I actually made the front cover. Yep. And um, I knew I was going to be in the magazine because I had an interview with um, with the publisher about three months ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I went I went out to the mailbox one day, and, and I reached in the mailbox, and I pulled the magazine out, and I saw my face on the front cover, and I just flipped the lid. I mean, <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness. And I had to call the publisher and say, look, you got to send me some more so I can send one home to Mama. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so, you know, i got to get one framed, and i got to send one home to Mama. Sure, sure, sure. As I flipped through, I thought it was some really interesting content. One of, Some of the things that, that stood out to me was, uh, the military transition, once people in, or who are in the military, once they transition out, and um, how they seek work in, in the um, private sector or the public sector, as you would, um, and some were run into a couple of difficulties. Can, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, um, Jim, I took a new role at Wachovia, and for those that don't know, I'm with Wachovia. I took a new role back in, in November. Um, previous to that, I was a, a trainer with Wycovia, um, and actually my title was performance coach. Mm-hmm. And um, I did, you know, 100% training, but um, I decided to sort of do a mixture this year. And so I'm still doing the training, but I'm focused now on 
um, on on military recruiting, and, and and not necessarily military recruiting as a recruiter myself, but really putting the programs together. And uh, my official title right now is Alternative Sourcing Channel Manager. Hmm. Um, so <laughs> what that basically means is we're looking at different alternatives for um, sourcing candidates. And um, the three channels that I'm focused on right now, of course, is the military, disabled persons, and returning workforce. And so the military and disabled p- persons are just really two great channels for me because of course, we have the military veterans, and, and, and I'm a 10-year military vet myself. Mm-hmm. And um, we also, I'm, I'm also interested in the disabled people uh, simply because we have so many veterans that are coming back from Iraq who are not as whole as they were when they first went. Sure, sure. And so um, there's a lot of, of money there for training, for them to get retrained and get back into the workforce. And um, it, it's a gap that's, that's really not being looked at. And, um, of course, with my background being in the military, it became a perfect fit because I knew the lingo, I knew the translation, the military translation that so many employers don't know about. Now, Mm. before I get into really telling you about, you know, the difficult part of of recruiting military, let me just give you some statistics, Jim. Please. You know, the nation's first baby boomer – applied for Social Security benefits in October of last year. Wow. Her name was Kathleen Casey Kirchling or something like that. <laughs> wow. And um, okay. she was a teacher from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. She now lives in Maryland. But she was born one second after midnight on January 1st, 1946. Wow. And that made her the first baby boomer of nearly 80 million people born from 1946 to 1964. Wow. And so the estimates say that they're estimating 10,000 people per day will become eligible for Social Security benefits over the next two decades. Wow. Now, that says a lot. Um, It says a lot for us if you've got investments and and, and all of these other things. That's a whole other issue. And, in fact, they say that the Social Security Trust Fund will go broke if it's left alone as it is today by 2041. Mm. Now, what do you think that means? We know what that means for Social Security. Sure. What do you think that means for employees, employers? Uh, they're sort of scratching their heads like, how can I uh, keep some people in here? I mean, we're looking at just a projection at, at Wachovia um, and I don't know if I should throw this number out there or not, but there's a, a very large number, percentage of senior um, folks at Wachovia who will be retirement eligible within the next 10 years. Hmm. There's got to be a gap there. There's, there's a gap. And so we also realize that um, coming out of traditional schools and those types of things are just there's not enough candidates in that pipeline to fill that pipeline. We already know. We already can see what the pipe, pipeline is going to look like four or five years from now, and we already know that that pap- pipeline is going to be lacking. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we are having to look at alternative channels of where we could find qualified individuals. And the military happens to be one of those channels that – we're looking strongly at. And, um, you know, one of the things I think is very tough for for military personnel transitioning into corporate America or to the civilian sector 
is just the translation of what they do and mm. how it relates to, you know, a job in corporate America. Yeah, so that's, yeah that's a good point because I'm, I'm sort of scratching my head and wondering. Um, I know, say, a, a chopper pilot is, is highly skilled to fly a helicopter, especially if he's uh, flying under under fire. You know, he, he has certain attributes that I'm sure could translate well into a corporate position, but I, I just don't know how. Right. And so that's where you get you have individuals like myself and it's funny that you say a chopper pilot. We actually just hired a Marine Corps helicopter pilot uh into Wachovia Securities uh just a few months ago. Okay. And um you know, one of the things that you've got to look at is what it takes to become a helicopter pilot. Um the skill sets that it takes and in the military, I always tell people that I had nine different jobs in the military. Mm-hmm. And the military trains you to be able to be versatile and to be able to pick up um, technology, to be, be able to pick up different types of, of job skills very quickly. And so what we find is we find a lot of qualified individuals who have the ability to pick up a lot of different skill sets and a lot of different qualifications very, very quickly. I was a military recruiter in uh, in the Navy, and, of course, I used my military recruiting background to go into civilian recruiting. Mm-hmm. But recruiting is also um, a great background for someone if you're going to put them into a sales role. Really? Because recruiting is sales, if you think about it. I mean, the hardest sell in the world, I'm still convinced of this, is selling a 17-year-old kid to a four-year commitment to the military. That's the hardest <laughs> sell in the world. I imagine so, especially nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> especially nowadays. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so there's there's a bit of sales skills that 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 person might have uh, being in 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 uh, a military recruiting role, but even a a person that was you know a ground force on in the ground force units, mm-hmm. um, you know we call them grunts, uh, who carried around a, an M16. He he that person has skill sets that are transferable to the civilian sector as well. They have a lot of uh great um leadership abilities and um and, and they can transition very well into into corporate America. The the key is, is is finding people who understand what these individuals do um and, and, and are able to, to transition them into certain positions and certain roles within corporate America. Do you think that's the biggest bias that companies may have when recruiting milita- ex-military personnel? Because I know there are certain companies like like Microsoft, for example, they have um, people um, who specialize in military, people in military transition, and, and I know Siemens had a group in that as well. But overall, I don't hear about a lot of companies that specifically have a wing dedicated just to recruiting military personnel, which I think is kind of tragic. Yeah, I think it's because a lot of people just don't understand. They just don't get it. And and that's the challenges that I even have within Wachovia. Mm. And, and I tell you the way that I overcome those challenges first is to go and look for hiring managers who themselves are ex-military and prior service members. Okay. Um, because then – to to sell them it's not a hard sell for them because they understand the lingo they understand they understand the environment that this individual is actually coming from and then from there what you do is you build success stories and then those hiring managers that are non-military who don't have a military background but they see the success stories with the military candidates that we're recruiting then they're more open to to hire those types of military individuals within their departments as well. Wow, wow. And as, as you said, I'm thinking that 
uh, not just necessarily pitch Wachovia, um, overpitch them, but I can really see how Wachovia can really take advantage of military personnel because in my thinking, uh, military personnel, they travel quite a bit. So someone who might be, I don't know, a teller in Atlanta, if, if they have to go to, uh, I don't know, Chicago for something, and their spouse, um, who's with them, of course, will have to pick up and go. I imagine that if someone's a, a teller in, for Wachovia in Atlanta, that they can transition or, or transfer, rather, to a teller role in Chicago and not lose any tenure or anything like that. I'm assuming that's the case. Most definitely, and, and, and I'm really excited about what you're just saying because it goes even deeper than that. Mm. Um, it, it, what we're doing with our our general banking group, which is our GBG, is, is what we call our retail group, if you will, mm. is w- y- the other person that we haven't thought about and haven't talked about is the military spouse. Right. Now, the military spouse moves around with their husband or wife, and, and typically the spouse is a female who's moving around with her husband. Her husband has decided to make the military a 20-year, 25-year career. Mm-hmm. And that spouse is moving around. Well, in the military, you move around about every four years. You move different bases about every four years. And so the spouse never has an opportunity to really build his or her career if they're moving around following their military partner. Sure. Well, with Wachovia being a retail location, and we're all over the country, you're able to build a career with Wachovia here in Georgia. Four years later, when you move out to California, we've got a location there as well. Hmm. And so you're now able to build your career while your military partner is building their military career at the same time. And so we find, we're finding a lot of value there with military spouses because they have a lot to offer as well. And, of course, um, our retail banking group is, is just perfect. It's a perfect fit for them because we're all across the country. And we're not the only companies that can benefit from military spouses. I mean, when you look at retail operations like Starbucks, like Best Buy, sure. they're all over the country. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. a person could literally grow their career and never lose tenure within a company and still move around with their military partner. Wow. Now, I know there are a lot of um, search firms people who are, who are working with search firms who listen to this podcast and they may be thinking, I can really see um, the wisdom in, in approaching um, people in the military as they enter um, into the workforce here, but still kind of fuzzy on to how would I even begin? How did they, Who do they contact? Did they just call Uncle Sam and say, Uncle Sam, I want to hire some military people? I mean, what, what do they do? Well, there are career placement counselors um, in every major military installation. When you leave the military, there is a two-week program that every service member has the option of going through that helps them prepare themselves for the civilian sector, everything from writing a resume to interviewing, um, even to having a career counselor who has relationships with different companies in order to see if there are any opportunities for placement. So um, that's sort of the the first round of what you might look at. Now, there are a lot of staffing companies and and agencies out there that specialize in placing military candidates. We are not typically using those types of services because that's what I'm there for. Okay. Um and and typically the companies that use those those types of services, they use them because again, there's a barrier there 
with with knowing the lingo and the language. Mm-hmm. And the barrier is not there for for Wachovia because I'm ex-military. I spent ten years in the Navy, and and I understand the lingo and the and and the language that the uh, military candidates use. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I think that's a nice a nice part for Wachovia to have someone like myself who has military experience. I'm actually working with a nonprofit group that is also assisting me with um, with some transition military candidates as well as military spouses. And, um, in fact, you know, Wachovia has been really heavily aggressively working with the military for the last two years. And I took over uh, this role back in November, and in, in November we actually – from November up to this point, we were actually recognized as the top one of the top fifty employers for military friendly employers as as well as um, recognized as the top ten military spouse friendly employers and so we're really happy about that in that short period of of time that we've been working this program and it says a lot to uh, the work that my predecessor did and some of the work that I'm doing now. Wow, all very commendable. I, I really um, appreciate what you guys are doing. I, I, don't not, I don't know if you're aware of it, but my father is also a veteran, so he was in the Navy. So um, I definitely can appreciate, at least from that perspective, uh, the good kind of work that you guys are doing over there. Yeah, yeah. We, we, one of the things that I'm working on right now that many companies have not really started even to think about is we're mapping. We're doing what's, what's known as job mapping. And, and job mapping is, is basically taking a position in the military and mapping that, that position to a role that you might have uh, within your organization. Wow. That's pretty so, cool. So if someone is – so in, in column A, uh, this person drives a tank, so he'd be suitable for uh, a job in column B, C, or D or something. Exactly. Okay. There are schools that each military individual has to go through, and those schools will have a list – um, or a breakout of the things that the candidate is learning while they go through those 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 schools. So, for example, of course, the the military has an IT division, and so we map to those different IT jobs. They also have um, admin. You know, in, mm-hmm. in the military, we still have what we call personnelmen, and basically, the personnelmen take care of your paycheck. They take care of your ranking. They take care of all of your records. They take care of anything that has to do with with your i guess human resources if you would if you would think of it in the civilian sector okay. and so you can map those jobs to human resources Wow, you know so there's a lot of jobs within the military that will do a direct uh job map to one of your positions, and you just have to know what those positions are and and begin to understand what are the different jobs that are in the military um you know, when I was a recruiter, there were the Navy offered over 89, 90 different job fields to choose from, and so um, the military is just like a corporation. They run they run their organization just like a corporation, and so you have many different types of people that are needed to run that organization, just like you have in corporate America. Wow, I'm, I'm remembering um, somewhere in the back of my mind about seeing commercials of people who, once they join the army, once they uh, or the military, once they come out. They have these skills that are so valuable, and among them is uh, loyalty. You know, um, 
And my thinking is that I, I've looked at a lot of resumes, as I assume you have, and a lot of the people listening have looked at tons of resumes. And one thing you see that's pretty common is that people will come and go from a position, they'll stay there two, three years, and they're gone somewhere else. And that's pretty much the average in a lot of a lot of sectors. But my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, people who come out of the military, they, they pretty much stay there a lot longer than a couple of years when you yeah, hire them in. I mean, it's just it's just the environment that you came from. Um, you, you've got someone that has been in the military 10, 15, 20 years, um, and they've stayed with basically the same employer for the last 20 years. They're not comfortable with with jumping around. So when they make when they make a decision to to come on board, you probably got somebody that they're they're, they're solid. They're going to be a solid player, and they're going to work. And and even when things get difficult and they get hard, they're going to push through. Um, you know, one of the things that I always tell people about a military candidate is, is you know, when, when I was in the military, there was no such thing as, well, you know, it's 5 o'clock and we're going home. No, you, you got it done, even if it, if it took you till 8, 9, 10 o'clock or the next day. Sometimes you would have to stay overnight mm-hmm. to work on, you know, whatever it was that you were working on to actually get the project done. And, you know, while that's a, that's a great attribute to have in an employee, um, a lot of times I can see some negative of that happening. And it's not, it's not a big negative, but a lot of times when a new person comes out of the military and starts working in corporate America, they still have that attitude of, we're going to get this thing done, even if it means that we've got to work some long hours. Sure. And when they come and they're working on a team and everybody else is leaving at 5 o'clock and they're like, what are you doing? You know, and, mm-hmm. and the team around them are like, you know what, you're too much of a go-getter. <laughs> 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 you know, because the civilian, in the civilian world, they don't think that way. They don't, they don't have that same type of mindset. And so I, I have ran across a couple of, of occasions where um, some of the coworkers working around a new military guy would be like, look, you need to tone it down a little bit. You know, we're going home. We'll, get, we'll tackle this tomorrow. And... Um, and, and it's just it's just a different mindset. So I guess from the, from a um, HR company perspective, when you're interviewing them, I guess you got to talk to the uh, person, the military person, and say, okay, you're in corporate sector, so to sort of temper that, sort of balance it out a little bit. Right. And one of the things that we try to do at Wycovia, which is extremely helpful, is when we bring somebody on board that's that's from the military, we try to match them up with someone who is already. Um, an employee of Wachovia who mm-hmm. who has a prior military background experience that will short, sort of be their shadow for 90 days. And they don't necessarily have to work in the same department or the same division, but this person is just a person just to say, hey, how's things going? What are you frustrated with? What are some of your frustrations? Oh, let me tell you about that. You know, there's a different mindset here. You've got to tone it down here. Or, you, you know, it's someone that can relate to that military person when they're first coming out of the military and get them adjusted to the way things are done in corporate America or the way things that are done in the civilian sector. Wow. Sounds like Wachovia is really on the cutting edge and, and, and really the thought leader in, in this area of recruiting. Yeah, you know, we're really working very, very hard to make sure that um, we cover all bases. We have an employee um, referral network. Um, you know, we have, we have, we have a, a diversity military council 
um, that because you know the the military has a huge uh, diverse population in it. So not sure. only are we finding you know the diversity within the military with them being military, but we also find that a lot of diverse candidates will come from out of the military as well. So um, you know there, there's there's some benefits there from from all angles. Well, Otis Call, you're from Wachovia, and I'm, I'm trying to remember the exact wording of your of your job title. Can you say it again? <laughs> it is the Alternate Sourcing Channel Manager. Otis Call, you're the Alternate Sourcing Channel Manager over at Wachovia Corporation. Thank you for your time in the Recruiter's Lounge. All right. Thank you, Jim. Well, that's it for this show. You've been a wonderful audience. If you like what you heard, love what you heard, or <laughs> just plain hate what you just heard, uh, let me know. Your feedback matters. You can reach me through my website at jimstroud.com slash podcast. That's J-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D dot com slash podcast. So until next time, I'm Jim Stroud, and you're not. Radio, radio, radio Innovative audio on demand. And so this ends this edition of the Retro Lounge, home of classic episodes of the Recruiter's Lounge podcast. If you haven't already, uh, subscribe now so you don't miss a future episode. Okay, cool. Until next time, bye-bye. Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three-times-a-week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it.